0: Hello everybody and welcome to iGaming Next weekly news live. Uh, It's just a gruesome twosome today, me and Connor, because Nico and Pierre are both busy preparing for New York, I think. Um, Connor, shouldn't you be doing something like that, packing your bags or something?
1: Yes, but as you know, Jake, this is the highlight of my week to join you on here for weekly news. I never get nervous or feel underprepared. I'm always on top of the world when I get to join you on here. So glad to be with you today. But yes, I am in the process of preparing for my New York trip in the background as well. Lots to look forward to there. I've got my suits at the dry cleaners. I've got my haircut booked for tomorrow, so I should be looking doubly sharp by the time I get there. I get there on Saturday afternoon. So we've got a nice weekend in Manhattan before, uh, yeah, all the excitement kicks off next week, of
0: course, with iGaming next, New York City. Ideal. Uh, Nice to have some leisure time either side of the event. I can recommend you my barbers if you want, Connor. Um, (laughs) They'll do you a good job, mate. But um, thanks, everybody, for joining us today and everybody watching. I think a few of our regular listeners, like Katie, are already in New York, so they might not be up in time to join us um but bogdan another regular is here like clockwork and he says hello folks so hello to bogdan um thanks a lot to playson as well for sponsoring as always um great for us to be able to bring you this podcast every single week so connor no nico as i said which means unfortunately no 10 and 5 today unless you fancy a quick go at it off the cuff
1: uh, do you know what, Jake? I think we'll just have to leave that one for this week. I haven't got, I haven't got Nico's <laughs> brain, to go and I don't have ten stories ready to go just like that. But we've got yeah. a few stories to talk about. Um, exactly. So it depends
0: what you want to do. Perhaps we just dive straight into it, shall we? I think so. I was going to say there's plenty else to look forward to on our agenda. So maybe we'll wait till Nico gets back to uh, to reintroduce that feature. Uh, but the first thing to talk about. Inescapably is Flutter because they have released their Q4 and full year results today. Um, and they are pretty much the biggest operator in our industry. So, where else would we start? Um the numbers, I mean, just prove that Flutter is kind of an absolute juggernaut, which we already knew. Um I think Connor, in our headline, we used the phrase multi-market dominance. Um, and I just wanted to give our listeners a bit of a, a roundup to support that that statement in the numbers. Um, so they've said they've got a 50% market share for sports betting in the US via FanDuel and 21% market share for iGaming. They've got 38% sports betting market share for the UK and Ireland and 22% for iGaming. And then they've got a 48% market share in Australia uh, where our gaming is, of course, illegal. Um, and I think we've got an infogram now, which hopefully our producer Nico can flash up, which shows their geographic revenue performance um, in each of their markets, which was pretty impressive right across the board. There we have it. Um, as we can see, the US... Is that graph on the left-hand side there behind the title? And that is the biggest contributor by geography. Um, more on that later as we discuss its kind of increasing importance to Flutter as a group. Um, but yeah, these are these are astonishing numbers. Um, FanDuel, as we know, is kind of the runaway leader in the US and some dif- distance ahead of of DraftKings. Um, Now, before on this show, Connor, we've often talked about, you know, whether that gap is kind of unassailable. Is anybody going to be able to challenge Fangio? Um, And some new data from Fangio's latest two state launches in Maryland and Ohio uh, would seem to support that, right?
1: It would. Um, Yeah, it looks like another unassailable lead in both of those markets. So we had Maryland back end of last year launched its legal sports betting market, I think it was November or December, Um, and Ohio, of course, went live on the 1st of January this year. Between them, it's a massively significant addition to the US sports betting market because between Maryland and Ohio, there is about 5% of the US population lives across those two states, about 18 million people altogether. Um, And of all of those potential customers, Flutter and FanDuel have already been able to onboard more than 6% of the adult population across those states. So they've had something like 1.2 million new customers um, out of those states. And they gave in their report a little bit of a comparison of how that looks compared to other state launches in the first month post-launch. So if you compare Ohio to what happened in New York when they launched last year, um, the rate of customer sign-up as a percentage of the population was three times better in Ohio than it was in New York State last year. So I think, you know, Flutter obviously is one of the best prepared companies out there to do all these market launches, market entries, invest in the right place in terms of uh, pre- and post-launch marketing and offering some, some sign-up offers and that kind of stuff, but also from, obviously, the regulatory and licensing perspective. It, uh, I, I'm hesitant to say that it's easy for Flutter. I'm sure it's a complex and difficult, demanding process, but they just seem to kind of glide in effortlessly almost to these markets. And yeah, absolutely, they're off to an amazing start in Maryland and Ohio, yeah.
0: Yep, exactly. Um, just to say a quick hello to Peter and to Lars, who says greetings from Sweden. Hello, gentlemen. And to Lewis, who our colleague is hopefully watching along uh, with us from the office. Um, but it's really important to point out on this subject that Ohio and uh, Maryland are not outliers because FanJul is currently the market leader in 15 of 18 US states of sports betting. Um and our good friend Guy Harding uh, noted this as kind of one of his key takeaways from today's earnings call, um, because, you know, it shows that Flutter is not solely relying on kind of that new state bounce effect and, and is able to, to kind of demonstrate longevity in, in more mature markets like, uh, like New Jersey. And I think we've got a, a screen grab of his LinkedIn status just to, uh, just to show you now. Yeah, there we go. So two top takeaways are the US states which are pre uh, live pre twenty twenty one and year on year growth, uh, and an interesting stat which we haven't covered is that seventy nine percent of UK and Ireland World Cup actives also placed a bet in January twenty twenty three. So they're doing something right in retention as well, Connor. Um, Great insight from Guy, as always. Uh, He put up a top 10 list of people to follow on Gambling Twitter the other day, and I was absolutely honoured to be uh, in there, as was Mr. Butler Betts, uh, also known as Ryan, our US editor. So if you're not following us, do. And also follow Connor and Sonia on Twitter, um, the rest of our editorial team. For that... Expert insights. <laughs> yes, I
1: think it's time for me to pick up my Twitter game a bit. Uh, mostly, it's just uh, me following videos of snooker and uh, and memes and so on. The World Ballard Association, jeans and shoes, fest hall. These are my favourite. Yep. <laughs> You'll uh, fit right in on gambling Twitter,
0: then, Colin. Uh, they were have jeans and shoes. Just <laughs> that's true. Just to follow on
1: from what you showed us from Guy there and talking about retention. Um, that was reflected in what Flutter have put out today. So the CEO, Peter Jackson, said that the strong performance we're seeing in the US is not just being driven by recently launched states. I think the benefits that we have are compounding. And I think that's a really interesting point to kind of hammer home is that, and it was something actually that, that was mentioned again and again, on the earnings call and in the um, financial report which is this kind of flywheel approach um, which is what how it describes it which is this idea kind of starting with the customer proposition and the product and using that to increase revenue and then reinvesting that revenue into improving the product again and so you kind of have this continuing cycle of of constant improvement, and obviously, it is paying dividends for uh, for Flutter and for Fanjel specifically. I think their product yeah. has ranked pretty much top of the leaderboards in uh, in the rankings from our friends at Islas and Crowdcheck Gaming, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, exactly. And I think um, you know the temptation is for analysts and journalists to kind of you know eye roll when you hear the phrase flywheel, but um, it certainly seems to be paying off for flutter and they're making it work to their advantage um speaking of analysts uh, some coverage today has suggested that flutter is going to be you know pretty hard to beat and not just in the us but almost everywhere else um without some significant disruption happening in online gambling uh which many people might say is overdue um i think you included a line on this uh in your story connor from from regulus partners
1: Yes, always good for a bit of investment analysis and insight. Regulus, they said that there are reasons to be positive for each of Flutter's divisions. Um, The business is showing that a strong central investment in product and technology can drive revenue synergies as well as cost synergies. Um, But yes, it concluded it is hard to see how disruptors dent Flutter's market share in key markets without a radical shakeup of the customer proposition, although it noted that that is something that may be long overdue in the gambling sector, and it's something, obviously, we keep an eye on trying to identify some of these operators who are offering something different. Um, But I guess at the end of the day, for now, people like what they know and they're used to products that look the way they are, and what you want is... A seamless experience and 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 all those things that you want from a user experience and Flutter obviously is able to uh, to provide that. Yeah, so without major changes, it looks like they are pretty untouchable at the moment. You certainly wouldn't bet against them. Um, but on that note, I saw some additional analysis from the Twitter famous Alan Bowden today. One of, for my money, one of the best gambling Twitter. Oh, people. yeah. Uh, on, it, yeah. on twitter he's always uh always up for a bit of a laugh quite a funny guy and um but also offers some very sage analysis a lot of the time and he kind of did a nice big thread about nailing down some of the uh some of the key markets and and diving a bit deeper into some of those figures um and he suggested that flutter well the the core the core point, I think, or one of the core points that he made, is that all of that Flutter essentially is a, is a holding company which operates a series of different brands fairly independently from one another, um, and that's a strength of the business. It's not a weakness. It means that they can drive cost synergies by sharing technology and the like. Um, but it does also mean that there's brands that overlap, especially in the UK and Ireland. He pointed out between the Sky brands um paddy power and betfair they kind of might cannibalize each other a little bit um he was he asked whether the structure really maximizes the potential of those brands um and so it's difficult to say whether they whether those brands benefit from Flutter's scale or whether they are kind of trapped within it um but he suggested that uh, that that FanDuel does need to be care- excuse me flutter as a group does need to be careful of competitors he said this is an industry that smells blood and attacks it always has been and there are places you can attack some of these flutter brands for sure you already see it in poker in the uk and you may start to see it in other markets and products too so um interesting a certainly an interesting way of, of looking at the business and thinking about it amid all the breathless positivity in the uh in the in the reports
0: yeah it's interesting and you know it's a game of priorities really because while Fangel might be very difficult to challenge in the US like Alan said and like you pointed out Connor there are definitely elements of the business that are perhaps being neglected elsewhere that um you know could be could be sniffed out by competitors. Um, if you're not following Alan and you're in the gambling industry, what are you doing? His at is Gambling Lamb. Uh, unfortunately, he's on private, so we can't retweet anything. Otherwise, I would give that thread a retweet because it's very good. Uh, I urge you to go and read it in your own time. Um, okay, so because Fangio was kind of such a runaway leader in the U.S., uh, it's also often used as a kind of barometer for assessing the profitability of the market, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Which has
0: been a really hot topic last year and also at the beginning of this year. Um, and on that subject, Flutter said that U.S. EBITDA for Q4 was positive 31 million, uh, although that did obviously exclude investment costs from those new market launches we talked about in Ohio, Maryland. Um, but, you know, we already know that is guiding to kind of full-year profitability for 2023. But what was really interesting for me on today's call was that we're now just kind of seeing that conversation develop into sort of the next chapter or the next narrative, if you like, which is instead of focusing on just getting to profitability, analysts are now asking how much profits are they going to be? You know, how big is this thing going to be, right? Um, Because... Shareholders don't just want to see you coming into the, into the black from the red, right? They want to see profits. They want their pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Mm-hmm. Um, so analysts on their behalf were kind of asking, how likely is that? Um, and Peter Jackson said Flutter was looking at sizable profit gains in 2024, which, remember, is the year that DraftKings only expects to become a bit positive at all. Uh, and then into 2025. And he said basically those profits would be fundamental for the group going forwards, um, which I think is potentially why Flutter is looking at listing its shares in the US. Um, We brought you this story initially in February. Um, And I think Nico might have a little headline from that story to bring us into the next topic. Um, But basically... As we've seen, the U.S. is Flutter's biggest market by revenue contribution, $2.6 billion for 2022. So in my view, uh, a kind of dual U.S. listing makes perfect sense. Um, Connor, what do you think would be the benefits of a U.S. listing for Flutter?
1: Well, what do I think would be the benefits? Or what can I read of what somebody else has said uh, uh, will be the benefits? That's the real question, Jake, <laughs> I, I I don't know. Um, they did clarify on the call today actually that, that, that a dual listing would not. Um, it doesn't mean Flutter's going to move its HQ or move, um, you know, move more of its operations over to the US, and it won't affect the taxes that it pays. Um, but an additional US listing, so it would be listed, I suppose, on the Nasdaq on the New or on the New York Stock Exchange, and <laughs> the London. Uh, the London Stock Exchange, it would bring about several long-term strategic and capital market benefits according to Flutter. So it would enhance the group's profile in the US, although with 50% market share, I think their group is pretty well enhanced over there, but I suppose it will enhance its profile among investors is the point.
0: Yeah, exactly. The trouble uh, is Founder has the profile, but that's the B2C brand, right? No, yeah, people probably right. don't know Flutter's the organisation behind it.
1: Yeah. So they also think it will better enable recruitment and retention of U.S. talent. I'm not sure exactly how that works, but apparently it will. Um, perhaps people prefer to work for U.S. listed firms. I don't know. Stock um, options, mate. Stop stock option. options. Yes, of course. Yes, there you are. There you are. Um, and it will give the group access to deeper capital markets and new U.S. domestic investors. It would also provide greater overall liquidity and flutter shares and provide the optionality to, pr- to pursue a primary U.S. listing as an additional step further down the line. And I think we looked at that graph before of revenue. The U.S. has rapidly become the, the group's biggest market by significant margin. It's way ahead of the U.K. now in terms of revenue, um, which was previously its largest market. Um, and, yeah, we've got year-on-year revenue growth nearly 90%. So, yeah. Um, yeah it makes a lot of sense for them to 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 enhance their corporate presence in the us in that way
0: yeah exactly i don't think there's much doubt that this is going to get voted through by shareholders um and the analyst team at jeffrey's echoed what you just said connor in that they've said a kind of a dual listing or a secondary listing will just be a precursor to uh to a primary listing and um Yeah, going back to Alan's Twitter thread, he said the US is the biggest driver of share prices, so why would they not do it, basically? Um, So, Tom Waterhouse... Sorry, go on.
1: I read something the other day. It was a graph comparing how many, basically the market cap to EBITDA or revenue multiples that US-listed firms trade at, and they do tend to trade at higher multiples, so it's a good way, probably, of increasing the uh, the value of the business overall as compared to just having a, a European listing, that was all.
0: Funny you should bring that up because our friend Tom Waterhouse, uh, experienced bookmaker and investor, he, so he pointed out another potential benefit for Flutter in his venture capital column for this month. Um, I actually invited Tom onto the show today because we're going to talk about Australia in a bit as well but he's actually over there at the moment so um it wouldn't have worked out with the time difference which is a
1: shame yeah
0: yeah um but he pointed out your favorite topic Connor uh which is PE ratios actually it might be Pierre I can't remember
1: (laughs) go ahead sorry PE ratios yeah
0: yeah it's one of you it's either you or Pierre that love talking about this but um So as a refresher, this is kind of price to earnings per share and it can determine basically whether a stock company's stock is overvalued or undervalued. Mm -hmm. And he included a very nice graph in his VC newsletter, which I think Nico can flash up for us now. Um, And this shows, uh, let me see. Ah, that's where
1: I saw it. Yeah.
0: There you go, it's familiar to you, right? So this is a PE ratio table, um, and it shows that many global markets trade at more than a 20% discount to the US, um, while the UK, which is obviously where Flutter's listed at the moment, trades at a 25% discount. Um, And Tom points out that over the last three years, as interest rates have risen globally, PE ratios have compressed an average of 27%, But in comparison, the P-E ratio of the US market is compressed by just 15% over the same time. Um, So I don't have much more commentary to add on that to be perfectly honest, but Tom knows better than me. uh, There's an additional benefit that you may not have considered. Uh, Thank you very much for that, Nico. Cool, okay. That's enough about the US, I think, Connor. Should we move on to Australia? um and flutter obviously australia is a major market for them with their sports bet brand i mentioned right at the top that they were a market leader there as well um but they had to get a little bit more aggressive in q4 by the sounds of things due to an increase in competition um what did they have to say on that connor ah
1: well jonathan hill the chief financial officer noted that there was a big pickup in competitive intensity which is a mouthful, from new entrants in the Australian market and it had prompted Sportsbet to amp up its generosity, I suppose that means in terms of its uh, bonusing and retention, uh, acquisition and retention offers. We decided to invest some of the margin we had to ensure we remained properly positioned, he said. So another market where they've got 48, you know, close to half of the market share under a single brand. It's just an absolute runaway success a mass market brand, which is very much, I suppose, front of mind for Australian punters. Um, but yes, there's competition. I wonder who they might be talking about, Jake. Have you, <laughs> have you heard anything? I
0: think Nico might have given the game away with the with the headline at the bottom there, Connor. But um, it's better. They're talking about better. Um, you wrote an awesome story on this this week um, because it's not just Flutter that have mentioned this. It's Pointsbet, Tabcorp, pretty much every listed uh, Australian operator that has had to kind of sit up and take notice of of Better, Um, which, as we said before, is backed by News Corp and Rupert Murdoch, who have kind of tried and failed in gambling before with Foxbet, another Flutter brand, but uh, that's not particularly relevant. Um, So, yeah, they've sort of made quite a big splash, haven't they, since launching in, what was it, October of last year? Um, Do you want to give a little bit of an overview of this story you wrote and basically why they've caused such a stir?
1: Yes. First of all, to mention, you have already explained it, but it's one of those incredibly irritating brands to talk about as a journalist, because every time we discuss it, we have to clarify, no, not Jake Paul's micro betting thing. It's Rupert Murdoch's Australian better. Um, So they entered the market, as you said, in October last year. Um, backed by Matt Tripp, who's a long-time and um, very successful bookmaker in Australia. Um, and I think some of the controversy came out of their promotional offers for new customers. So, for example, on the Melbourne Cup, they're primarily racing, horse racing-based operator, it seems. Um <clears throat> But I think a lot of revenue, uh, gambling revenue in Australia does come from racing, indeed. Um, And uh, so they were offering odds of 100 to 1 on any horse in the Melbourne Cup, which is obviously a massively loss-leading promotional strategy. must have cost them a fortune, Um, but they did seem to have signed up quite a lot of customers. I don't know if we've actually got figures on that, I can't remember on just how many customers they got. Um, But yes, they kind of made a bit of a splash with these promotional offers. Now, if I may say, I had a look at some independent customer reviews. Um, There are lots of affiliate sites talking about how good better is, and and if you'll only click through this link to sign up and make a deposit, then you'll be happy with the results. Um, but, but from the independent customer reviews, there's a website Australia's called something like AustralianReviews.com or something like that. And uh it has nine reviews on there, and they all offer a one-star rating for better so far. So one, one person commented, I joined for the clown 100 to 1 promos, but don't bet with them for anything else. Non-existent customer service is just the beginning. There were a lot of complaints on there from people who had... Uh, tried to get in touch with customer service for one reason or another and been met with radio silence. Um, another user concluded that they are going to go down in a big heap of flames because quite a <laughs> few ships, he said with a P, and aren't even nice. in the fact. So they've got a few disgruntled customers already. Uh they've started to ruffle the feathers of some other operators in Australia, as you mentioned. All the Australian firms that we've covered have made some reference to it in this particular reporting season. Um and they've yeah. also fallen foul of the regulator as well, which is the Northern Territory Racing Commission, which licenses
0: mm. um a lot of the online Probably for some of those affiliate offers which you just mentioned. Sorry. Probably because of some of their affiliate partners, which you just mentioned. It was, um, it
1: was due to affiliate partners, but it wasn't online affiliates. They were kind of VIP manager type affiliates who seemed to offer more of a one-to-one kind of customer service. But they reached out to a number of people who uh, were, in fact, on the Australian self-exclusion register. Which is yeah, uh, worst, at, which is at best embarrassing and uh, not very good, and at worst, you know, possibly extremely harmful. Um, so they've got a seventy five thousand Australian dollar fine already. So uh, yeah,
0: so they're not shy. Uh, and I just wanted to touch on some of the comments from the other kind of competitors um, on better. So Tabcorp CEO uh, Adam and Skilled said. Uh, the lever that Better used to try and get scale quickly was to throw some pretty substantial offerings out there that were deliberately loss-leading, and it's difficult to create stickiness on that. Um, That was kind of echoed by PointsBet CEO Sam Swannell, uh, who said, I think it's not sustainable for some of the smaller operators to be as aggressive as they are from a promotions perspective. Interesting that both of them sort of skirted around directly referencing better, uh, but we are able to read between the lines and uh, I can assure you that is who they are referring to. Um, And Flutter have obviously felt the need to flag that as well, Um, although they did report kind of, I think it was 8% uptick in average monthly players from Australia, um, despite a a year-on-year decline in revenue. Um, But one thing that could potentially... Be a banana skin for better, um, is the fact that as you pointed out, it's being bankrolled by by News Corp. Um, but News Corp, according to the Australian Financial Review, might be about to reduce its stake in better as it looks to sew up a deal for Points Bet's Australian wagering business. So that would be a really interesting development in the market that would shake things up massively. Um I don't know when, then, whether they would you which brand they would use, whether they'd have a dual brand strategy with Better and Points Bet, whether they'd be folded into one. Um, but as we've heard from kind of Points Bet management previously, kind of they want to put their eggs in the US and Canada basket as well. And selling off the Australian business might be a good way for them to really realize shareholder value. So, Australia is really interesting at the moment, it looks ripe for a mix up. Um better sort of kick-started that and it looks like it's going to rumble on throughout 2023, I would say.
1: Yeah, I, it's interesting uh, when you mentioned this possible uh, takeover of points, but I did, my first thought was, oh, well, they've got a fairly solid and growing presence in the US as well, which would perhaps help News Corp to get over its Foxbet fiasco from a few years ago. But actually, if it's just the Australian business, then uh, you can ignore me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, what was I going to say as well? Alan made some interesting points about Australia with reference to Flutter um, in his analysis on Twitter. Again, just going back to that thread quickly, he said um, that there was a, there was a danger that Australia is going to start heading the way of the UK, so its all, that market's going to turn towards being all about managing cost efficiencies and making small incremental margin improvements from increased same-game multi products and the like. Um, and another thing he said, let's not think about what happens when or if Australia's regulators have a safer gambling moment of clarity. So perhaps they're not quite as hot on uh, safe and responsible gambling rules as we are here in the UK um, and Alan obviously sees a bit of danger up ahead in Australia. Um, I do think it's worth pointing out, and I think this is ultimately going to be true as well, all of those firms that we've mentioned, um, Tabcorp and uh, Pointsbet and Flutter, have all kind of suggested that you know, outlandish promotional offers notwithstanding, ultimately it's going to be product that wins in that market and people are going to stick to what works best. Um, and I think, you know, given what we see happening with FanDuel in the US, i say fluttering points, but probably pretty safe.
0: Mm-hmm. Interesting. And 365 as well uh, is in Australia. Um, and we know about their product. Uh, I just want to say a quick hello to Ran Grushka. Hell of a name that is, uh, Ran. Thank you for joining us. Um, And, Connor, we've got a little bit of time left, so I just wanted to bring up one story that's actually not on today's agenda, Uh, and that's the news from video slots this morning, Mm. uh, which is still developing. So, basically, they've kind of got out ahead of a regulatory announcement and said that they're about to be fined 10 million euros by the Dutch regulator um, because they've said the Dutch regulator was able to kind of circumvent their website and access it uh, while posing as a German customer, um, despite the fact Video Slots didn't have a Dutch license. Um, But what's really interesting is that the amount of support that Video Slots are gaining from this because they think the regulator is overreaching and they've obviously described the fine as uh, unlawful, disproportionate, and I think the KSA might have got this one wrong if obviously video slots version of events is is to be believed the ksa is still to comment on this itself um we'll be keeping an eye on that but alexander stevendahl the video slot ceo shared this story on linkedin earlier and he said sometimes you need to stand up for what is right uh it's got 79 likes on linkedin six comments and two reposts Um, And all of the comments are pretty much in agreement with their stance, uh, saying, right on, it's getting ridiculous. Um, This is a KSA fishing expedition, pure solicitation. Um, And then Jenny Ramstead says here, the KSA's actions show a lack of judgment and knowledge. Well done for highlighting this. So could 2023 be the year the operators fight back against uh, overreaching regulation? That would be interesting.
1: Yeah, quite possibly. And I think it's part of the KSA's strategy is to do this kind of thing. I don't know how much other regulators do that, actually have staff attempting to sign up and place deposits.
0: Yeah.
1: As mystery it. shoppers. Like mystery shoppers, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that, that you in a lot of cases in previous um regulatory action where they've issued fines and so on, um the the criteria was that they were issuing fines to companies who were actively targeting Dutch players to suggest that someone okay. who's playing really hard
0: and possibly using a VPN or something, I don't know the details. But f- well and also video Slot said they weren't able to access the website uh as a Dutch customer. So surely yeah. that like the regulator would leave it there. I don't know why yeah. it's pretending to be to be general, yeah. but and I, I think know, that might more may have. More may have um, occurred than that. We don't know for sure.
1: Yeah, we don't know because there's a, there's a few things that, you know, there's not many places where they speak Dutch. And so if you offer Dutch language customer support and Dutch language functionality on your website, that's a bit of a clue to the KSA that you might be actively targeting Dutch players. Um, they also, I think there's a there's a particular payment method in the Netherlands, which is very popular there, but isn't popular in other markets or perhaps isn't available in other markets. And if that payment method's available, that's another little clue for them that uh, an operator might be targeting Dutch customers without a license. But in this case, at first glance, it doesn't look like you know, video slots is on some kind of mission to to take over the Netherlands or something. It seems, like as as Alexander said, it seems like a bit of a fishing. Yeah. Well,
0: well, I think disproportionate is 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 kind of the key word here because. Rennie Janssen who's the chair of the KSA gave an gave a uh, an interview recently where he said basically we're ramping up our enforcement but this is something we've never done before so it takes a long time to kind of impose fines on operators and we have sort of seen that happen at the beginning of this year there was a 400,000 euro fine for example for Joy Gaming which operates Jacks Netherlands online casino but to leap from 400,000 For a licensed operator to 10 million for an unlicensed for for an operator that isn't even seeking a license in the netherlands Mm -hmm. that seems pretty crazy to me um so i think they've got a case and it will be interesting to see obviously how this one develops uh once the ksa provides its own version of events and even thereafter if it does end up in the courts etc um it'll be one that we'll be following closely
1: yeah absolutely
0: Right. Okay. It's uh, We've been going for 40 minutes now, Connor, and I think the last 20 minutes is usually filled up by Nico's turn in five. <laughs> so we've come to the end of our agenda. Um, you've got some packing to do for New York, so I think we should wrap things up and say That's goodbye right. to our wonderful audience for joining us. Yes. Um, and anyone uh,
1: who's watching, may I say, who is planning to to uh, to come and join us in new york please come and say hello i will be there jake will be back here in england steering the ship while i'm off gallivanting i'll be the very handsome gentleman in a much smarter outfit than this in case you don't recognize me
0: yeah a double-breasted suit if anyone's wearing a double-breasted suit it's going to be connor that'll be me <laughs> that's how you know to spot him All right. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, A big thank you to Clayton, our sponsors, and a big thank you to Connor as well for joining me today. Um, We'll hopefully see you next week.
1: Thanks, Jake, and good afternoon to all our viewers, and we'll see you next time.
0: Bye.